Hey everybody, good morning, afternoon, morning time, whatever time you're awake and watching this show. Good morning. How are we doing today, Jason Galvin? I'm great. How are you, J-Lo? Uh, I'm good. Let's see if I can do this. Cool. Oh, watch it fade. Watch it fade. Watch it fade. Yes! Oh, look at you. Got the You got the whole Joe Costello lecture this week about how much you screw up StreamYard and why our podcast isn't as good as his. I know, right? Let me let me log in and fix it for you. And look, it's already working. One, and I'm trying to figure. I, dude, I, when I set up the the street or the YouTube thing, and we set it up on something else, I'm trying to be quick, concise, and I thought I had it, but it was all tied into mine. Then I went and did another thing, and then it wasn't going there. And now I think I finally figured it out. We'll see. I don't know. If not, That's it'll good. we'll post it all over the place, and you'll see it someplace else. But you should find us on Facebook, uh, X, the YouTube channel. YouTube. Again, you gotta you, you gotta resubscribe to the link I sent out yesterday. So if you want to be, we had like subscribers on the other one that wasn't being we couldn't stream a thing live, and you could uh, you could just see the replays. Uh, so you gotta resubscribe. That's all I'm telling. And now we can do it live. We're gonna do yeah, it live. We're doing it live right now. It's streaming. Yeah. So the yes. uh, the link that got posted on social media, that's the live. You should see it. It, Listen, it populated App- there. Apple and Spotify. Like the show is up on Apple and Spotify within an hour of us doing it every time. That's yeah. where we like really go subscribe, go like, go rate, you know, help send Jason Logan's kids to college. Right. Well, there's one that really needs to go to college. But uh, other right. than that, uh, yeah, just uh, we need something. We need some type of support. I don't know, man. Right. Jason is an out of work comedian. So yeah. we need to find him. We need to find him some um some cash. Should I talk should we talk about that or should we wait a little bit later on and talk about that? Nah, we got it. We got a guest in waiting. He was here yeah. early. We could ask well, him we'll, about it. Yeah. We'll ask about it. Let's ask you how are we feeling after uh the big game on Sunday, Super Bowl. Let's 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 talk about that real quick. There was a game on Sunday? Last Sunday, yeah. I think I've wiped last. I think I've wiped last Sunday from my memory. Usher was in. Uh, did halftime. Uh, Usher. Oh wow, Usher's still around, huh? There's yeah. a game last Sunday, really. There was Jason Galvin. By the way, here's what I here's what I will say about this. You pretty much predicted the score. Dead Dude, for forty seven points. At least dead I had the total. On. I nailed the total to the point. Forty seven. It did, it did not go your way, but you nailed that score. And I was going to pr- congratulate you on that on Sunday. Well, after, thank you. But I figured you'd be. But you realized that I was borderline suicidal. Yeah. Yeah. It was not good. So, so I had to do a corporate gig that night. I was I was complaining that I was going to have to uh, play music for this. Uh, there was 8,000 people at the Orlando Convention Center for the, the big game. They came in. It was... Uh, they opened doors at six and at six fifteen they had a corporate video. Like they were doing like uh like a, the president of the company did a like stand up. Oh, we're here live on the field. <laughs> and um and it was fine. But uh I played from six to six fifteen. And in that 15 minutes, at least five people came up. You're not playing during the game, are you? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, no. I go. You'll hear the game. Well, we want to watch the uh, the anthem. We want to watch. We want to watch everything. I'm like, uh, I got you. I got you. So the whole idea was to me to play like we play coming in and out of like pairs of cars and things right. like that. So that that's like 30, 40 seconds of songs, right? 
I, like they're like, oh yeah, you can play coming in and out of commercials. No, because the commercials, there was always a, there's music in the bumper leaving the the game, and then there's always like the commercial like started immediately, right? So they're like, okay, we'll just play during when they score. There wasn't a lot of scoring going on until maybe the middle of the third quarter. I did nothing. I got paid a thousand dollars to sit there and watch the Super Bowl. I was like, this is the dumbest gig I've ever done. And the songs I played four songs, and it was like ten seconds of the song after they scored. Listen, and before they went right to the uh, went right to the uh, the uh, like replay. I think I, our guest got paid a quarter of a million dollars to watch it on an airplane. I think that's <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah, he he hit he hit the long ball on that one. Yeah, he he definitely did pretty good. You want to bring him in? Let's bring him in. Yeah, let's, let's bring him in. Let's Ladies bring him in. Recent winner of a test session down in Bradenton, Florida, which was more than a test session. Got to give it up. He's driving a, a quarter of a million car. dollars. I know. He's driving a funny car. That's the first time he drove a funny car in a race. And guess what? He just went out and won it. Give it up one more time for Austin Brock. What's going on, guys? What's, What's up, man? Baby? Look at you Gosh. checking the background and... Yeah, I know. I gotta, I gotta find a bank that'll accept this sucker. It's, as, it's as long as my office. Do you feel like happy more with the big check? No, I want my check now. I want yeah. it now. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Where did you uh, watch the Super I'm Bowl, in, AP? Uh, I actually ended up staying in Tampa to watch the Super Bowl at uh, the Hard Rock Casino. I uh, drove up there the following morning after the win and um, hung out with Dominic Selzy and a whole bunch of sprint car oh, racers. Uh, my guys. My guys got to have a day off on Sunday after working 100 plus hours, and uh, we all watched the game together and uh, had to treat them right for busting their tails all week. Good deal. Good deal. Yeah, that makes. I didn't even think about that. They're all down there in Volusia and whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. I went over to uh, watch the high limit race on um, whatever that Monday and uh, ended up getting rained out. So uh, smoked at home Tuesday morning for the start of the week and. Uh, Got everything cleaned up, tore down. Uh, there was champagne everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. The car is like, it is in tough shape. Like we cleaned <laughs> out for eight hours and it's still got champagne on it. Um, yeah, did, did, did like confetti get stuck to it? Like some pieces that you couldn't really get off because I bet that is yeah, terrible. Th there was no confetti, thank God. Uh, but there was about, I think, 12 bottles of champagne that okay. got lit off at once and uh, – I mean, it was the body was covered. It ruined the windshield. It got underneath the car. It was on the mags, the toy box, like literally every. I don't even understand how it got everywhere like it did, but uh, that's physics, I guess. So that money's yeah. already been spent. That money's gone. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. We, we spent we spent that in elbow grease. <laughs> that's awesome. So uh, let me ask you this. So how was it uh, competing in the funny car? I mean, this is you, you, you're called into service uh, and you're like, all right, I got this. And, and Jason and I talked about the differences driving a, a top fuel car and a funny car uh, a couple weeks ago. But uh, how was it for you, man? Uh, to be honest, it was a blur. Uh, the first two days of testing, we couldn't even get past the Christmas tree. And uh, we stayed late Tuesday night. We were there till about one in the morning trying to come up with a game plan how to sort this thing out. And uh, went out there Wednesday morning, car was trucking, had an electrical issue. And on the final test session, uh, run nine, the thing goes up there and runs 384.0 at 336 and change for my first full pull in a funny car in six years. Uh, and that definitely got my attention, that's for sure. And 
from there on, it was, it was, you know, they threw me to the wolves cause it was, it was go time. The, the race was starting that evening and uh, I had to make sure I wasn't the one that screwed it up. Cause I knew once this thing got going up and down the racetrack, we were going to have a shot to win. Take us through. Uh, I, I've told this a little bit, and I think the story is probably better coming from you. I, I told everybody when this announcement came out, like I wasn't that worried about you in a funny car, right? You've grown up around these things. I know you've always wanted to race a funny car, um, but you it's not like you lack experience in them. I mean, you've been a test driver. You had that year off after COVID where you were a test driver. But th- take us through the first time you made a run in a nitro car. What type of car was it? What was that like? Uh, yeah, so the, the first funny car I drove or blown nitro car, I ran an A-Fuel dragster, but that doesn't really count. Uh, so the first funny car I drove was Courtney Forces in the spring of 2018. Um, obviously, I had minimal drag racing experience, kind of did a tra- crash course uh, in a few lower categories up to the point. But uh, yeah, that I, I remember that run like it was yesterday, uh, you know, that thing firing up and, you know, there's eight crew guys around huddled around this thing uh and they're all relying on you not to slip your foot off the clutch pedal and run everyone over um (laughs) but i got in that thing and it it just felt like home um and of course there had to be some drama in my first run i go up there pre-stage you know my i'm shaking my foot's about to slip off the clutch pedal i'm shaking so bad getting ready to dump the clutch to go in and fully stage and uh fully stage and the tree malfunctions and it never comes down so I'm sitting there with the pedal out for, it seems like an eternity. Um, it probably was only, you know, 10 or 15 seconds. But when you're driving one of these things, you don't know what's going on around you. So like a very bad thing to do or rookie mistake would do would me just go and just assume that the tree was malfunctioning. I didn't know where anybody was at around the car. So I'm sitting there patiently and all of a sudden, here comes Brian Karate over the radio. Go! And I mean, I bet I had a perfect light. It scared the crap out of me. And uh, I run it. I run it to about 300 feet, 330 feet, and they told me to, you know, lift just to get my feet wet. And uh, if they wouldn't have had that stupid shutoff box, I would have drove that sucker to the lights. Uh, it was the greatest <laughs> feeling in the world. Um, and it, it just, there's nothing better than uh, driving a nitro funny car. That's crazy. I love it. How was it? Uh, yeah, go ahead, Jason. I was going to say karate yelling go in my ear probably scared the shit out of me yeah. too. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, how is it? Uh, so another big part of this whole component, you drive a funny car, you're, you're basically racing with your family. I mean, this is like a family team. What, yeah, what, it, that, that's cool. We've talked about it before. Like I had you on my 10 uh, questions thing and you like in that 10 question, you renamed it the, uh, the uh, therapy with Jason uh, because yeah. I was asking you how racing with your family and all that stuff. How is that? How's your dad? How's everybody? Uh, you know, how do they treat you in the car? I mean, I'm sure you're not, they, they, they probably don't treat you just like a son. Like, Oh, come on, kid, you can do it. They're probably ripping you a new one every time. Right. Yeah. Things are good. Uh, honestly, we work very well together and um, you know, all of us know that we take each of our jobs very seriously and, and at the end of the day, we're all professionals, you know, and we have to treat each other like that um, going up there. But yeah, definitely. It's a little more nerve wracking driving for your dad and brother, because if you mess up, you're going to get the you're going to get the real truth out of them. There's going to be no sugar coating it or uh, it's going to be straight cutthroat. But we all work good together. And I mean, after the first two days of testing, we didn't kill each other after 
smoking the tires and shaking seven runs in a row. So I think if we can get through that, uh, we'll be able to, you know, get through anything this year. Um, you know, there was a couple testy moment, moments. It's uh, pretty comical. I've never used a radio in any of my race cars. Um, they wanted me to have a radio this year, but listening to my dad and brother go at it on the starting line, trying to make these clutch calls is uh, pretty entertaining sometimes, uh, but they're doing a great job. And, uh, you know, just uh, it, it's just surreal working with them and working with this uh, Cornwell Tools and AAA team. Uh, a lot of these guys I worked with back in 2021 when uh, I lost my ride in Top Fuel. So it's kind of crazy that it's all come full circle and uh, it's a really fun environment right now. Yeah, I come from a I sorry, I come from a uh like a big Italian family and uh we talk loud and that's how we show our love. Is that how you guys are? Do you guys, you know, bicker, bicker, bicker? Like, no, you can't do it that way. I love you. <laughs> do you guys talk like that? There's definitely times and places for all that. Uh but yeah, no, it was pretty pretty well all business. Uh <clears throat> not not too much arguing. I don't really know of any on on my end of it. I, I will tell you one thing. Uh, the first test run that we made over there, this thing left and it dropped a cylinder on the right side, right at the hit. And, uh, you know, I'm nervous going into this, obviously. I'd been stewing on it for three weeks or whatever the short amount of time was that I knew I was actually going to drive this race car. And stand on the gas, this thing drops a hole on the right side. It tries making a 90 degree right hand turn. Um, and I mean to tell you, like, when I hit the gas, the thing was already turning right before I hit the gas. Like, it, I had my hand full. So I stand on the gas before I can even get my hand on the wheel. I'm full left, like, hand over fist. And, of course, I'm an idiot, so I just stay in it all the time, you know. So I get this sucker back into the middle of the groove, and then it smokes the tires. And I'm thinking to myself over the radio, you're thinking to myself, and I'm like, you just look like a complete idiot like did you have this thing pointed wrong or like are you like way behind this thing so i i get in the tow vehicle and we're rolling back and i'm apologizing to the guys i got my tail between my legs and i come back in the trailer straight up to the lounge and i'm like man i am sorry guys like that was embarrassing and they're like what they're like you did a hell of a job that thing had a hole out before you even stood on the gas <laughs> and like you brought it right back into the middle of the groove and i'm like Whoa! Thank God! Like, oh man, I was I was scared shitless. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> um, hey, have you? How many night runs had you made in a funny car before this week? I'm curious about that. Zero. Yeah, that's what I thought. Zero. Yeah, yeah. How Q, how, uh, how drastically different was that? Uh, it's quite a bit different. Uh, you can see the header flames out the windows if you're looking for it. I found that out in the final round. I never saw them before that, but. Um, you found him on the funnel, right? What are you looking over? Where's Matt? Yeah, Did well, I, I, could on hear, him? I, could, I could hear Matt out there. And then I'm like, and then I started seeing some orange. I actually got a little inside going for the parachutes down there. But uh, night run in a funny car is wild. Like, especially uh, there, Bradenton, they did, a, they did a great job lighting the track. But even still, it's like driving into a black hole, you know, in a funny car with all the shrouding around you. And um, the first night run I made was T1. We ended up going to the number one spot until the last pair run uh, 85, I think. And uh, I actually lifted 50 feet early um, because my first full pole in the funny car, when we ran 84, uh, I go down there, run it to the finish line. I went for the parachutes, hit the lever. The lever didn't move because of my scrawny little arms and uh, had no shoots until about another, 
I would say 1,200 feet into the shutdown area. And uh, you want to talk about pucker enough. Uh, that's scary. <laughs> I don't get scared very often, but that scared me. And, uh, and that's, I wanted that's to ma- not the world's longest shutdown either. No, no, no. They said it was long, but it sure don't feel long when you're rolling right. 337 <laughs> through the light. Uh, well, so yeah, I want- and, and they, they, you said they did a really good job uh, lighting it. But as we were watching on the, uh, on the uh, feed, the, the, the stream, that shutdown was dark, man. And I was it like, was. it had to be kind of freaky getting down there. Like, oh, my God, how far are we getting to get to the end of the track here? Yeah, well, for us fuel racers, like, that, they had the 1,000 foot to the quarter mile lit up really good. And then the shutdown area was, it was dark. But, like, yeah. at least you could see what you were driving into. Um, because, like, like a pro stocker, they, were, they literally were driving into the dark where we had another 300 feet of shutdown area that was lit. So, um yeah, it was pretty wild. I, I lifted early on that that first night round, ensured I had the laundry out, and uh, I'm glad I did because uh, a pair or two later, Paul Lee was rolling into the strawberry field back there. So uh, I was uh, plenty plenty proud of myself for getting those things out. What do you think of 341? That's real fast. <laughs> wasn't it? Wasn't as cool as number one qualifier though. <laughs> no, sure wasn't. Um. What did you? What? All right, so let's let's go into that. So, uh, what did you feel about that number one qualifier getting getting something more than a yellow hat? That's definitely cool, right? Yeah, no, that was cool. In my short career, I've uh, won twenty five grand now on on specialty qualifying events. So, uh, I, I'd love to have some more of those. Yeah, I think <laughs> I, I think I, I think the sentiment around this whole thing, and I could be wrong. Uh, is that there's a lot of really good stuff that came out of it, uh, came out of this race. And, and everybody has their idea of how to fix the NHRA and what could be better and and what uh, what's wrong with the world. And, you know, uh, again, out-of-work comedians, uh, giving them a microphone, things like that. Uh, well, that is a real it, problem, in fairness. It's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. What, did, what was your biggest takeaway out of the whole thing? And, and, and I don't know if you can speak for JFR, but that just, I mean, granted, you walked away with a quarter of a million dollars, but the whole thing, what was the biggest thing that you could, you could put your finger on and say, we should do more of that at NHRA? Um, you know, there was a lot of things that I liked about it. One of the coolest things was being there all week and then watching them take this little tiny, small racetrack and transform it into what it was for the race weekend, you know, cause we were there all week and we kind of got to see everything be built and, they really took a, a pretty average racetrack and made it look very, very professional um, with the, you know, VIP booths and double decker stands and bands and live bar or bars. And, you know, you name it, they seem like they had it there. Um, but I really actually, the, the format was pretty nice. The one run on Thursday, three runs on Friday. Um, I liked that for qualifying and, and the eight car field was, pretty cool too it was it makes it so much more cutthroat you know because on average there's 13 or 14 really good cars in each nitro category and if you're not on the if you're not on the pin um you might not qualify you know and it would be very interesting to see a series done like that uh because you'd see a lot of good cars sitting out um but another thing that they did for the fans is the cars that didn't qualify they still got to watch them run, um, which I thought was kind of interesting as well. So uh, there was a lot of good takeaways from it. Um, 
you know, but at the end of the day, it's, it's still a drag race. It's still, you know, NHRA has the same product and um, hopefully, uh, you know, we can see more big events like this in the future, whether it's NHRA or, or someone else. Yeah. My, my big takeaway, like the, the number one thing I took out of it is we need to do, in my opinion, uh, some sort of event somewhere um, that is Friday, Saturday centric, like what yeah. you guys had there. Let's make three qualifying runs on a Friday. Let's race on a Saturday. Let's not run round one until 12.30 or 1 o'clock. Let's run the final round at 9 o'clock yep. at night with the sundown. The semifinals at dusk. Like, that's what I like. And, and yes, maybe that event operates a little differently. Um, like, one of the things that I, I've had, you know, uh, just hearing – people's takes on it and whatnot. Well, they should do this versus that. And here's what the pro shootout did great. And NHRA should do that. Some of it doesn't work because like people understand some of the logistics behind an NHRA event, right? Like the sportsman yeah. stuff it is a big deal towards making it all financially work. Um, uh, the TV package, like I thought Flo did a good job, but like, to produce a, um, you know, like a full blown, like Fox broadcast, like that takes a lot more money and equipment and people and stuff. And so some of that, like you've got to have like the sportsman at a, most events because it helps kind of fund that and fill the day or whatever. But I think there's an avenue and I would be, I'm not talking to anybody. I'd be stunned if people in HRA, and I know there were some NHRA officials that were there, um, didn't go back and have a conversation and go, okay, maybe somewhere we should be, you know, maybe it's one of our, you know, races that we maybe struggle a little more with, um, that's already a tight, compact schedule, um, you know, something like that. You know, you take a smaller track, like Austin mentioned, like Bradenton. I, I love Vic's track. I don't think when Austin said average track, it was a slight at the at the racetrack. It's just, it's not a big facility, right? I mean, it's, yeah. for people who've never been to Bradenton or, or like watched it on TV, the, the flow broadcast, I thought did a good job of making it look like it was this grand facility. And yes, they did a great job packing the place, but realistically, I mean, that place is smaller than I think any track that we go to on the NHRA tour, maybe sans Epping, like Phoenix is significantly bigger and Phoenix is a small track. Uh, yeah. Gainesville is Gainesville is the Taj Mahal as far, like not even forget facilities, just like seating capacity, right. Compared to what Vic has available. And like, that's not Vic's fault. Vic's got a piece of property and yeah. nowhere else to put it. Um, but you know that, so there are some tracks and some areas. I think it would be fun to kind of explore down the road. Mm -hmm of doing something like, like what Austin mentioned there. And, um, and I, I your idea, it's fine. Like I, I don't necessarily want to go to eight car fields, like for a series. And I think it would be hard to just throw that into like a points paying season. Like, Hey, this week we're going to run eight cars instead of 16. But I do think yeah. it would be interesting. Like how we have our call out races, for instance, like what if, what if we qualified for those versus it being, you know, 24 months of points, you know, what if we had a lone type of event like they used to do with the, you know, with the funny car top fuel deal in Bristol, and we made everybody qualify for an eight car field. Like that, that, I mean, that's essentially what you guys did. It when it was intense. You know, Friday night was intense. Yeah, for sure. And uh, like you said, like I, I, I agree with you on the side of things where it would be cool if NHRA could do like a night race. You know, do a Friday Saturday deal. Um, I've, I'm on the same page with you. I've thought that would be cool for many years, and I think the fans enjoy it too. You know. Um, you know, Friday, they love Friday nights, you know, to, because of the header flames. But, you know, for some people, a lot of our race fans, they, it's not like they're driving, you know, five minutes or 10 minutes to a race. 
Um, you know, a lot of them are driving an hour plus, I feel like. So to get there on a Friday night is tough, you know, unless you're taking off work. And if you did a Saturday, you know, race event that was, uh, you know, started mid-afternoon, I think uh, it would be very beneficial to the fan. Well, in Topeka, we had the finals at night. That was only because of weather. But, man, those finals this past year in Topeka were awesome. Oh, it was lit. Gosh, yeah. the finals in Topeka were crazy. Yeah. How did you like the chip draw? I know uh, I was watching some of the uh, the flow coverage, and uh, Brittany, she was not a big fan of it. Uh, she, she just had to readjust her strategy and stuff. How do you like the chip draws every time you get up there and do this stuff? I mean – it didn't really change anything in my opinion. Um, like when we drew for first round, I felt like all of the matchups were pretty reasonable. You know what I'm saying? For like how everyone stacked up and qualified. Um, so, uh, yeah, I didn't really mind it. You know, when it's an eight car field like that, it doesn't matter if it's trip chip draw or if it's, you know, the standard one and eight or whatever, everybody's a hitter. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it's not like when there's 16 cars in, you know, any more in NHRA, if you're not qualified number one, more than like you're, you're racing a hitter. But um, yeah, it didn't really bother me. Uh, second round, it kind of bothered me that I had to race my boss. We had this all dreamed up that we were going to race in the final and, you know, maybe take the top bulb out on each other. But uh, uh, other than that, I, I, I didn't mind the chip draw. Yeah. I, I think that's more for the fans really. Uh, Cause that, that sure. just gives a little, it gives a little more, you know, I'm going to get, yeah. You. Like if if you were if you were racing a series like that, it would be kind of unfair, you know. But the fact mm -hmm. that it was like a, a trial race or expedition race, whatever you want to call it, it was like th this race was solely for the fans. You know what I'm saying? And sure. the 250 grand was just an add-on. Yeah, and uh, going <laughs> to the fans too, uh, and going to my um, my my super fan uh, competition plus the um you know he was talking about the fans in Bradenton being hardcore fans which Jason and I've been down there for World Series of Pro Mod we've been to things like that and those fans are no joke they come out and they know what drag racing is all about as opposed to like say you go to Charlotte Charlotte one where it's just the casual fan that wants to see the spectacle of four four wides um and it's you know what was the did they have any like form of a midway down there where pe people could kind of get out of their seats and kind of walk around and look at stuff or was it just the pro pits and everything people coming around and talking yeah the, the pro pits um you know what the there was all the trailers lined up and then that was the uh staging lanes as well but mm -hmm. on the opposite side of the staging lanes um they had uh a midway set up uh you know there was a couple uh displays and uh a lot of food vendors they had that big stage uh, where they were playing live music with a big jumbotron over there, it was set up really nice. You know, like I said, for for the 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 size of the facility that they had to function out of, they really made it um, really nice. You know what I'm saying? Like, and really accessible yeah. for the fans. And um, you know that the only downside of that facility was the staging lanes, in my opinion. But I mean, that didn't hurt this. That didn't hurt the racing. It didn't hurt the the experience for the fans or anything, you know, you just had to get in your car way earlier in a sense. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. No, they listen again, we've been involved with world series of pro mod and drag illustrated before. And those guys do a really good job. I mean, I'm really on the record job. as, as saying, I, I think every, if you're a fan of drag racing, right. Like if you're, 
us, Austin, grew up around the sport, right? Like if, if you're a person who loves drag racing, like you have to go to the World Series of Pro Mod at some point in your life and just experience it. It's totally different than any event I've been to. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it's it's just different. You know, there's not really like a way like a way to explain it. It's just different. Yeah, I'll have to put that on the bucket list. I've never been. Yeah, yeah. Hey, AP, I want to. I'd probably want to race it if I went though. I'd right. probably be like itching or something if I was watching everyone else have fun. Have you ever driven a suspended drag car, like outside of like super comp? No, no. I've always wanted to try. I think it would be interesting to you know feel the tire on something like that, and um, you know, with my experience open wheel racing on suspension, I think I could probably adapt pretty quick. Yeah, I wouldn't be worried about that. Hey, what was uh, what was the celebratory meal? Like we all know you like to cook. You won two hundred fifty grand. What was the celebratory meal? Um, I don't think I ate that night. Uh, kind of foggy, as you would expect. Uh, <laughs> Sunday, Sunday I had a cheeseburger, <laughs> and then when I got home, I made myself some lobster ravioli. I haven't. We haven't they, gone out and done a uh, true ce- celebratory dinner, but maybe this weekend. Sorry, lobster ravioli is a good one. Good one. Hey, yeah, um, I want to give you, I want to give you a, a second here on on a little more uh, like serious personal note because I, I know uh, you know your drag racing career obviously took off thanks to some connections of some very famous uh, and important people in your life, but a lot of that tied together with Frank Teagues, who we lost a week ago, and uh, just kind of your general thoughts on what Frank meant to you in, in your life and getting you to where you are now. Well. First off, I wouldn't even be in this, this position without Frank Teagues. Um, you know, him and Don Perdome got me in, along with John Force, obviously, got me in the race car uh, in 2019 to, uh, you know, start this adventure. So uh, Frank did a lot for me personally. Um, you know, we're going to miss Frank. And, um, you know, I feel terrible for his family. They were, you know, a class act family. And um, obviously, you know, we didn't know them that long in the grand scheme of things. but uh we had a great relationship with every one of them always enjoyed having him and his family out to the racetrack so uh yeah it's obviously very sad and um you know it uh it hurts all of us at john force racing yeah frank's a cool guy we're gonna uh i'm gonna miss hanging out with him at at seattle it was always my favorite thing like, seattle was his home track he'd be down at like 330 feet up against the wall like <laughs> That's like yeah, the, the no. greatest greatest Bro, thing in the world. <laughs> he he scared me doing that. Like him and all his buddies would stand down there, and I'm like, I I would get into him. I'm like, dude, what are you doing standing right there? Like you are in the splash zone. Like this is not. He's like, oh, I don't care. This is badass. You know, I love it. You know, my mom my mom and girlfriend went and stood with him one time down there, and uh, they got an earful when they got back from that session. I was like, do not stand there. Like. You guys are wild. <laughs> yeah, I don't good understand. old days. Yeah, I don't understand how people do that. I mean, that's just crazy. Like uh, Jason and I were talking uh, going into this uh, this the Bradenton weekend. Like, would you stand in those VIP things right behind the burnout box? Like uh, they had there. I was like, I was yeah. like, Jason said that. I go, yeah, I don't, I don't even walk behind cars like when they're burning out. I'm uh, that, that's crazy to me yeah can i tell you how many times i've been in the booth with like reinhardt and a funny car does a burnout and then the next thing you know our window is splintered because it had a rock on the tire or something it happened in gainesville this past year yeah 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 i've seen one of my buddies uh 
Aaron Cave over on Strapper's car. He got hit by a Zeus button uh, last year on the burnout. It was either on the burnout or the launch, but this Zeus button literally embedded in his shin. Like, oh. it was like getting shot with a bullet. It's wild. Oh. A lot of, lot of yeah. energy coming off those tires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, oh, go ahead, Jason. Well, I was just going what, what's, to uh, what's next for you? We've had you 30 minutes. I told you we'd keep you for 30 minutes, but uh, well, Gainesville's right around the corner. Are you guys doing any more testing before then? Are you chilling uh, yeah. for a couple weeks? Yeah, we're gonna uh, we'll go down there and test right before the event. Um, I believe just one day. Uh, I think my dad wants to run two days, but uh, we might be a little uh, handcuffed. Uh, so we'll probably just get one day of testing and try and make four four rips, and um, hopefully everything functions as it did uh, last weekend in Bradenton. We'll get off to a really good start. But uh, as for now, we're uh, just getting everything dialed back in in the shop, getting regrouped. Like uh, I think we made 16 or 17 runs there in Bradenton, so um, a lot of a lot of maintenance to do, uh, a lot of regrouping, and uh, just kind of fine tuning everything. You know, throwing me in the car at short notice. Um, you know, we couldn't really get everything ideal on both cars, uh, fitment wise. So uh, I've been I knocked that out this week. Got both cars twinned. Uh, got another seat four coming. Uh, so I can be comfortable in each car and, um, uh, the boys are hard at work making it fast for me. Hey, let me ask you this real quick too, just cause I've heard a lot on the different podcasts. I've heard loans. I heard Joan Allen talking about it. Uh, there was a rule announcement this week that had to do with replacement drivers that, um, you know, I, it wasn't really highly publicized, but there's now an NHRA rule, um, you have a replacement driver for up to eight races. Has there been any more conversation? I know that the whole kind of situation with Robert kind of happened quickly. Um, you know, there's there was the other thing. There's a good chance to put conspiracy theories to bed because I've seen the conspiracy theories online of, uh, well, Robert did this on purpose to keep Austin in a race car. Like, that, that, that wasn't the case at all from how I understand how this went down. I mean, you guys literally just like one day everybody found out. But, I mean, has there been any more conversations now that it's been a few weeks about, okay, we're going to run this for points this year or Robert is really going to try to come back or maybe we'll put another car together if, you know, you're second in points and Robert's ready to come back and might have time to get into the top 10. Like, have you guys had that conversation at all? We, we have not, um, you know, Obviously, I want Robert to get well as soon as he can, and um, you know, and and he wants to get back in the race car as soon as he can. So uh, there's really no timeline. Um, obviously, I want to race the whole season, but uh, this opportunity was given to me for unfortunate circumstances. So if he wants to come back and get in his race car, I I would totally understand. Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, there's there's no real plan, no real timeline. Uh, I'm just gonna drive the wheels off this thing as long as I can. Could you guys so, realistically throw a car like, just like total hypothetical here? Like I, I I'm sure the dragster is still sitting there. You don't really have a crew put together at this point for the third car or fourth car. It, it would be, but let's just like hypotheticals. We're six races into the year. You've got two wins and you're second in points. And Robert's starting to feel like he could maybe be coming back but you're second in points, but six races into the year, still plenty of time for Robert to come back and also get into the top 10 and be championship eligible. Do you guys think you could row a team together on short notice like that? Um, 
you probably could. Uh, we could probably snake some some of the guys out of the woodworks that uh, you know have been retired or something like that. There's definitely enough parts and pieces at John Force Racing to throw a car together, and there's trailers. Um, but to do something like that, it would it would cost so much money. Um, you know, like those. I've already sw- I've switched funny car trailers over to dragster trailers, and and switched funny car teams over to running a dragster and it's way more work than than you would ever believe um it's not just rolling another car into the pit and 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 you know heading to the racetrack there's uh you got to redesign trailers move you know in a dragster you got a one race car up in each trailer where a funny car both are in one um there's a lot of things and pieces that need to be moved around so um yeah i think that would be a long shot but you never know with john force uh He's he's a shoot by the hip kind of guy, and uh, we'll just we'll just see where this year takes us. Gosh, that fits so your personality a, so well. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So there's a new there's a new documentary on Apple TV that I just watched last night, and I watched the first two episodes. It's called Dynasty. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know about this uh, New England Patriots team that won like all these Super Bowls, and okay. uh, the first episode uh, goes through how Drew Bledsoe got hurt, and then all of a sudden here comes the White Knight, uh, Tom Brady. And Tom yeah. Brady never gave back that position. I yeah. think that's kind of what Jason Galvin's saying here. I think if you go out <laughs> and start winning, winning Super Bowls, I don't think Robert Heist will be able to get back. I think card. you're putting words in my mouth now, but <laughs> I think that's what you're saying. I, I think, think you, Robert I, Height. I yeah. think Robert Height was more successful after his second year in a funny car than Drew Bledsoe was after. A I'm just saying. I think you're saying <laughs> okay. uh, Austin but, Proc might be the Tom Brady of yeah. uh, JFR. I think that's what you're I, saying. I, think, I mean, I'm really uh, trying to I think figure out if he's going to run for the whole year, so I know if I need to pick. Like, I got to make fantasy picks for champions at some point, and I'm trying to figure out if Austin should be on my list or not, you know? Or do I just put the car down, right? Like Cornwell hey. Tools Funny Car, you know? Yeah, there you go. Then you then you got your uh, you got you're all covered. your bases covered. Yep. Right. I love it. <laughs> well, I know you're probably going to have a humongous season uh, forever how long it lasts, uh, you know? Uh, definitely the circumstances are, you know, kind of weird, but that's all right. You won 250,000 bucks right out the gate. Let's go. What are we talking about? Yeah, no, it's uh, definitely off to a good start. And uh, a lot of people have, you know, said what you just said, you're going to have a huge season and a lot of wins and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, we haven't even started the season yet. So we got off to a right, we got off on the right foot, but we got a ton of work to do. And I still have a lot to learn. You know, um, I'm no Robert Hype by any means. Um, not saying I can't get there one day, but uh, these funny cars are tough to drive. And, um, you know, I got I got a lot more situations to learn. But hopefully, uh, as we did last week, I'll be a quick learner all year and um, do a good job for this uh, Cornwall Tools AAA Camaro at best. I love it. I'm excited for Gainesville, man. Right around Me the corner. <laughs> Three weeks. Yeah. Right around the corner. Yeah. yeah. So I, uh, Austin, thank I you. they fly by. Yeah, thank you guys. Oh, Thanks will. for having me on. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to try and enjoy this Friday off uh, after a long week and a half. Got a boy. Well earned. Well earned. Thank you for joining us, Austin. You're the man. We'll Thanks see you. Thank you. Sir. Look at that. Oh, look at that. Fireworks. Ooh, what? Let me do that. Jason. I don't know. I'm impressed. How did you do that? Wow. We, we, got, a, we got a long thing to learn about here. Wow. I guess that's what happens automatically when you're loaded like that guy is now. Imagine winning $250,000 at anything. That'd be awesome. You should have asked him how much of that he got to keep. Yeah. 
We we don't um, ask for that. Uh, you get your uh, your driver fee, and then uh, we're gonna give you uh, three hundred extra dollars. Nah, John, John, John. I'm sure took oh, care of him and the team. Um, yeah. Hey, have uh, have you done any comedian work lately? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Actually, I, I uh, hosted a, a trivia contest last night for a company uh, at the Double Tree by SeaWorld. Hello, hello. Oh, okay. Wow. So you're yeah, not man. out of work. I'm not out of work. I work. Okay. By the way, should we even talk about this or should we just let it roll? Talk about what? About the, the competition plus thing where I got I got drugged into the middle of it. I, there was no need for me to be thrown into uh, the competition plus article. There was no, I mean, what are we doing here? <laughs> Uh-oh. The, pe- the people want the controversy. I, I Listen. I, I thought I thought his piece was very good, and then all of a sudden, I'm trying to watch Alan and Joe talk uh, on the, on their uh, on Joe's podcast, and then you send over a text with that in there, bro. I really couldn't stop laughing about it, and then I'm like, why is he throwing me under the bus? What did I do? My to that phone guy? blew up. I'm just gonna be honest. My my phone blew up. This um, this young lady right here kind of gave me a little backstory about it, and, and Nicole Erickson. I'm like, I don't know if I want to even tell her what she said, but. I'm just like, dude. I I don't understand why that why what what I did or I mean, listen. I'm not everyone's cup of tea. We know that, but apparently the music was really good there. Uh, apparently, apparently it was. Yes, Sadie did have your back. By Thank the way, you, Sadie. For absolutely, yes. I texted Sadie about that. Um, uh, yeah. Look, uh, I'll just say this. Uh, I I have respect for what Bobby Bennett has built over there at Competition Plus and. He's obviously been around the sport for uh, a long, long time. But, um, you know, you, you can't start an article, in my opinion, whether it's an opinion piece or not, with, uh, you know, objective. Uh, I'm un- I'm objective and unbiased, whatever, and then literally drag somebody into it that has nothing to do with it. I, I don't care what his beef is with you over what. Right. Um, you you kind of told me the story, and it's not even doesn't need to be aired. But if what you heard is true, it's not even like something that you or did to him directly. It was just like a generalized thing. Right. Um, and I, I I I'll be honest. I got some real problems with it. it came off to me as being uh, incredibly uh, mature and babyish to just let me find an area to poke at somebody. Um, you know, well, I think I would. I think his, I'd be, if that changes his opinion of me, then guess what? I don't care. Uh, but I'm gonna, think, I'm gonna stand up for the people that I work with. And and you're right. You're not everybody's cup of tea, and um, and that's fine. Guess what? I'm not everybody's favorite announcer. Uh, people don't like Alan Reinhardt. People don't like Joe Costello. People don't like Loans and Tony. Uh, newsflash: When you work in a business like we do, where we're part of entertainment, and you're gonna put yourself on camera in front of 35,000 people with a microphone in your hand live, people are not going to like you, okay? Uh, right. Like, like Taylor Swift's the most popular human on planet Earth, and my Facebook feed was full of I'm tired of Taylor Swift, right? So, like, people are not going to like you, and that's fine. You right. know what? And if you don't like us, great. And and am I open to uh, criticisms or critiques? I, I think – Actually, most of us are, you know, I, some, some of us will brush it off uh, and not listen. And some of us amongst our crew will, um, will I think, definitely listen and have conversations and take it into account. Some people, I think, take it a little harder than others. Um, 
amongst our group. I think you, you and I, I think in your head, you're probably rattling off every person I just named, right? Like right. which one doesn't care, which one takes too hard, which one will talk about, yeah. but, but right. But um, at the end of the day, uh, just because you have a website, a platform, like if you got a gripe, it, like air, air your gripe. Don't, don't be a, yeah, we have, we a have, a, about it. we have, we have, a I had a lot of harsher words typed up originally, by the I, way, uh, that I almost posted and I let it go. But, um, yeah, here, here's, the deal. I think there's I think some explaining to do. I think I was the easiest target to point out out of the entire NHRA. And I, by the way, by the way, by the way, can I drop a, can I drop a, a minute bombshell on on Bobby on Bobby Bennett and uh, it, the race was the race was great because there wasn't an out of work comedian uh, parlaying as a DJ there. Um, right. I have it on personal good uh, good record that uh, West Buck happens to be a Jason Logan fan, and yeah. um, and there was the NHRA slash pro discourse uh, that developed that I would be willing to bet Jason Logan would have been there. In fact, he would have, would have been probably the, would have been the only person on our entire announced broadcast, whatever team that probably worked that event because they specifically didn't want it to feel like an NHRA event in that regard. But like Jayla worked World Series of Pro Mod last year. Don't know if you're working at this or not, but worked it last year, did a great job. His role was totally different than it was an NHRA event because guess what? He wasn't asked to do what he does at NHRA events, but like, crushed what he did and you know like you know that's part of some of the stuff we do at nhra races it's not like jason logan and i sit in the hotel room on friday night with joe and reinhardt and drink beers and say all right what type of you know what what can we do tomorrow to annoy people or whatever like right. some of that stuff <laughs> is pushed upon us like and like that's fine like i'm not saying pushed upon us negatively we have people we work for who have things that need to be done have ideas and it's our job to execute those ideas to the best of our abilities. Are we always good at it? No. Do we suck a lot? Yes, we really do. Okay. Um, are we pretty damn good at it most of the time? I personally think we are. And I know I'm still the new guy to the group, but just based on the feedback that uh, that I heard from people throughout last year and over the off season and as we're heading into this year, I think we have a hell of a group that we've put together that works very well together. And for the most part, when we're on, we're on, we're really, you know, so it's just my, Listen, and everybody's I, welcome to their own opinion on it. Well, thank you for sticking up for me too, but I, I would put our pre-race that we do on Sunday mornings up against NASCARs. I would put up against yes. Indy cars. I will put it up yes. against anybody's pre-race. We nail that thing every Sunday. And it, 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 it I mean, I, I shouldn't say it takes a lot. I've worked NASCAR, of, by the way. I worked NASCAR before NHRA. Yeah. I'm not sure that, like, a lot of people understand, like, know that, and then that's fine, whatever. Like, my broadcasting, reporting, announcing background before drag racing doesn't really matter. But I worked NASCAR, like, and not just Saturday night stuff. I did that. Okay. I worked cup races. I was the guy at Fix for five years. Like, I've worked plenty of cup races around the country. Our pre race is significantly better than theirs the, the only like if we had brantley gilbert at you know the the u.s nationals then we'd be right on par with the daytona 500 pre-race in my opinion except for we put a pre-race together like that every week like indycar has the 500 and the rest of their pre-races are blah 
NASCAR's got Daytona, and the rest of the pre-races are blah. Right. We put together a consistently strong pre-race, in my opinion, every single week that I would put up against any sports pre-event entertainment in the country. I agree. Like, I want that outside of outside of the outside of we're playing one Super Bowl, right? Like that doesn't count. Okay. If you give me a budget of forty million dollars and tell me I've got forty five minutes to fill, I can make it pretty damn entertaining too. Okay. But well, and and yeah, and uh, and again, I, 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 I this has nothing to do with the the pro race in Bradenton, and I, I'm glad they succeeded. I'm glad they did everything no. amazingly well. Um, but I was a big fan of the pro race, honestly. I, yeah, I, I was too. like. Do I was, think that it was? The single greatest drag race of all time? I don't. Do I think that it was a good event? I do. Do I think that it had a different feel? Yes. It had a much different feel. And I don't think that's a bad thing. No. Um, Do I hope that NHRA and Pro and Drag Illustrated can, like, work a little more together moving forward? Uh, Absolutely. Um, Like, I think that would be better for the sport. I thought Richard Freeman, we talked about this, Richard Freeman was on on. Bobby Bennett's on competition plus with um, Monday morning racer and the guys uh, the night after two nights after and Richard, I thought for as big of a, maybe, you know, uh, uh, critic of NHRA is he's probably the most vocal one, at least publicly. I thought that he actually like was the most logical and made the most sense of anybody I'd heard. And I think that was because the event was over at that point and that, you know, like that, let's just all work together. And that's great. I hope they all, you know, that's out of my department. They don't pay me to have opinions on that and think about that and work together. And that's not my deal. They pay me to talk about race cars. They play you to entertain people. Right. But like, yeah. I, I hope that works out, you know? And like, I, I think Reinhardt said it on Joe's show. Like I, I hope there's, you know, if there's a window to have, you know, two or three of these a year, then great. Have two or three of them, you know, like we're on off weekends and there's a, you know, three week break in the schedule when you want to put one together somewhere. Like, I mean, Bill Bader does night of night of fire, right? Or night under fire, whatever they call it up there. One night deal. Like that's a great event. Like I'm the more we can put our product in front of people like the better, in my opinion, get nitro race cars in front of people who don't watch nitro race. Get pro stock in front of people who don't watch pro stock bikes. One of them get classes there uh, that like, will help grow this sport you know i mean that's really like what i took away from it is like yeah if you know i do i necessarily you know now maybe an opinion do they think does that group and organization think that they can go out and put together a competing series that i i don't know i've heard yes no and i i don't know if that's what they're really talking about if that's just some people whatever like i don't know again not my department don't want to be part of it but like what I do know is there's a group of people there now who have an ability to help us grow the sport of drag racing. And, um, you know, there's a very public article this week about Fox maybe being interested in IndyCar's TV rights because IndyCar's rights are up with NBC or whatever. And I'm sitting here looking at that going, like, we've, we've been in this, like, deadlock head-to-head with IndyCar, not that I'm, like, trying to compete with anybody. And I think we have a much better product on a whole than Indy car, like we don't have the Indy 500. It's my favorite event in the world. Like we're never going to have that. But like on a whole week to week, our product is better and more fan friendly. And like, if we have a way to grow that and get us to the point where we can be definitively the number two motorsport in North America, which is what I think we should be. Great. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. How does that not help every one of us? Like it, it helps all of us. Let's go. Right. Let's do it. Yeah. I don't care yeah, how we it, get 
Well, and here's another thing too. And I don't want to liken the the Bradenton race to uh, minor league baseball, but minor league baseball go. You know, these major league baseball teams go to all these. You know, well now they just live out in Phoenix. But you know, we used to be in you know the Dodgers in Vero Beach, and, and you would go. You would get to go to these small towns. And for a month out of the year, you can see your heroes play and do these things. So having yeah. these guys be able to go some other to little other tracks, you know, South Georgia Motor Pillar, I don't know if they can handle something like that. But could you imagine having Nitro down there? Absolutely, they could handle something like that. Are you kidding? Yeah, me? but you know, it's like could. let's let's throw let, let, you know, having those people who just can't afford to get to Gainesville or can't afford right. to get to Charlotte or couldn't afford to get to go to Atlanta when we were there. And just and, and do fun events. I mean, I mean, like I, I live in Bakersfield. People have been talking about like how do we get a national event from Moso? And like I, I don't know that the patch. Like I don't think the patch necessarily national event big. Like I guess it could be the fallback if like anything ever happened to Pomona. But thanks to Lindsey Snyder and 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 HRA, like we got to give NHRA kudos here, folks. If we're gonna be critical of them in times, we're gonna get, be positive, right? NHRA's done a phenomenal job with the help of Lindsey Snyder and the folks at In and Out of making sure Pomona ain't going anywhere for a while. So that's great, right? But like people always talk about, well, Famosa could be the fallback. Like Famosa could have one of these standoff, you know, the one once a year event deals. Like that's a perfect track for it. Like you South Georgia, perfect track. Brenton, perfect track. Uh, I would burn Oregon. Like I, you know, I like would would Severances want to have an event like that? You know, I I think that would be a good track for it. Uh, but Bowling Green, like I know Bowling Green has the Hot Rod reunion. Um, you know, in in, in the summer, but like I think Bowling Green would be a cool you know place for that. Right. So, like I, I mean, I, I think that there's you know, again, anytime we can go somewhere new and put our race cars in front of people who may not have any idea why drag racing is the coolest damn sport in the world we need to do that as a sport right i, I agree i agree i have one thousand like, and there's a way to do it without cannibalizing ourselves we don't need to be cannibalizing ourselves right we really like there's a way to do it without cannibalizing ourselves and i think there are enough smart people involved in this um who get that i really do i really do i was thinking about this the other night like remember five years ago the panic we were all in thinking about owners um what are we gonna do as a sport when don schumacher is gone and you know now he is rest in peace and and when john force is gone like you know and like ah, oh, they've got you know 80 percent of the cars or whatever and like how in and part of this ties into um loans uh on loans's podcast a couple weeks ago talking to uh, eddie craywick and kevin mckenna was talking i forget the exact terminology but i just listened to it and he you know it basically had to do with like you know youth movements come slow until they come fast type of deal right and um we had kind of a similar deal in, in ownership that like i was thinking about the other day it might have been yesterday or the day before i was like we're actually in a really i think positive place as a sport where we went from don schumacher and john force and connie coletta own 80% of the nitro cars out there to like, you know, we now have Tony Stewart, like one of the most successful, like forget driving, one of the most successful business people in auto racing history, Tony Stewart, Rick Ware. Um, I, I don't care that Rick Ware's cup car is not a top five car every week. I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you that like Rick Ware is an incredibly successful business owner. 
uh, race car racing team owner. Like not everybody's NASCAR team has to win 12 right. races a year to be considered successful. It just doesn't. He's He has built a phenomenal organization across a multitude of racing series. And oh, by the way, if you watch the Pro Superstar Shootout, uh, that Clay Milligan car looked pretty damn good. Just going to throw right. that out there. Um, you know, so like we've added them. Ron Caps went and bought his own team. Antron bought his own team and is expanding, right? Joe right. Maynard, like these, Joe Maynard, uh, think about what Joe and Kathy have done coming in here. Randy Glady with Skag now owns race cars, owns teams. Um, like these people didn't exist in our sport four, four to five years ago. So like we have literally reinvented ourselves. Uh, Richard Freeman has grown elite motorsports into an empire. Conversely, Eric Latino came in with the Whiteleys and Greg Anderson and Rob and a couple other people and KD from a three-car organization to like six or seven cars now in an expanding world there. Um, you know, Vance and Hines is talking about having rental programs for bikes now and Matt Smith's got four motorcycles. And like, we have actually exploded in ownership over the last four or five years. Like, I like if you just take a step back from all the, you know, I, I think it was, uh, was it might have been Joe that I heard uh, who said something along the lines of like, if there's one thing that I learned watching the superstar shoot at is that like people are, people are going to complain because people want to complain. Right. Right. <laughs> they brought, you, know, you open the internet and Joe was like, Oh, wow, look, they're complaining about literally the same thing on this show. Like, <laughs> Oh, like Beckman talks too much and Ralph doesn't know what he's doing. And, and <laughs> Jamie, this, and, and the track prep that, and the tech this, and it's like, wow, the internet it's an NHRA is undefeated. Wow, undefeated. it's an NHRA race. Like, oh, gosh, Galvin sucks, and Tony sucks, and tech sucks, and track prep sucks. Like, oh, it's NHRA. Like, Joe was dead on about that, right? Like, people on the internet are going to bitch about what they want to bitch about. But, like, as a whole, the direction our sport is heading in, like, Mission Foods, right? Outside company, Canyon Roll, hanging around. Like, we're in a good place. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, Scott says place. that social media helped grow the sport. By the way, I put put that up there because you know whose birthday it is? Scott's? Nope, Nikki Sheely's. What? Yep, it's Nikki's birthday. Happy birthday, Nikki. Do you have the song ready? <sighs> no, you can't. I can't play that. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Somebody, birthday some, some drag racer just had a birthday and or a crew guy, and they played that. They had that song playing on Facebook. I was thinking they made my made my day a little bit but happy birthday nikki she's uh, the queen of our social media so she uh so scott likes you and uh, we all love you and you do an amazing job keep up the good work but uh yeah man uh it was uh it did it, it, it it's been uh fun but the internet is undefeated social media will always win and uh always. everybody listen again back in the day i, I you and i are still going to be there we we get it right 80 to 85% of the time. Sometimes 95% of the time we're on our game. But, you know, there's going to be people like that guy in Norwalk who hates my freaking guts. And guess what? He'll be there next year and I'll be there next year. Why? Because we love the sport, we love what we do. We love to come and see what we're doing. And again, guys, I I I'm taking time away from my wife and kids uh and, and my life to come out here and try and uh, entertain you. Jason does the same with his wife and kids and his real job to come and educate you on how all this stuff works. Cut us a little bit of a break every once in a while. Internet. <laughs> we have thick it's skins, but guess what? 
It's okay if you don't cut me yeah. a break. That's fine. I, I, I really don't. But I'm going to stand up for the people I work with. I, that, right. is, that is one thing I will always do. I'm, uh, I'm, not good at, uh, I'm not good at biting my tongue in that regard. Never no. have been. Never will be. Yeah. And uh, so what, what is Selena saying here? As we mm. say in South Carolina. F them, F them and feed them fish heads. There you go. All right. Nobody, Listen, fish heads are awful. We all have our favorites and we all have our fans. And all we're trying to do is make you fans of this great sport. That's it. That's it. That's all we're trying to do. Oh, that could have been like a, could be like a postcard. Yeah. And speaking of postcards, Jason Galvin has new stickers, new Life's a Drag stickers. Which I don't have sitting here at my desk, so I'm sorry. It's okay. They look like... But I will have them. I will have them at the Gator Nationals. Yes. They look like the logo, but they're die cut and like vinyl, and they're not... Like, they're like matte, and I like them a lot. They're, you know, we had our first run. We went cheap on our first run. The, they were a hit. The second run are much nicer. I'm a big fan. They are they are available now for free uh, at a national event near you, and um, and if you're not making it to a national event anytime soon, you can message Logan or myself, and we'll be happy to ship them to you. But you're going to pay on that because um, yeah, we don't make that much money. No, no. If we have a sponsor for the show, anybody want to sponsor Life's a Drag? We had we had Life's a Drag sponsors, then I would probably cover shipping too. But we yeah. Don't. No. Feel free. Uh, but, this season, uh, but, but we're interested. We're interested. We're interested in sponsors. We will find a sponsor this season, Jason Gallagher. Ah, uh, yes, we will. And we when will. we do, we will show you so much love. It will be like I don't even know. I don't even. My whole, I'll paint my house your logo. I don't even know. We'll figure something out. Might be a little extreme, but maybe Jason Gallagher. Hat. I'll get it. We'll get a tattoo of your company logo or something. I don't know. I will get a temporary one. Yes. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, I would ask you where you put it, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna save that one when it Come happens. on down to Steve's Auto Body down in Columbia, <laughs> South Carolina. You got a dinger and dent? Guess what? We'll buff that shit right on out. We're Steve's Auto Body. Come on now. We can make it. We can make it out. Dude, I would love to do that. Could you imagine that? <laughs> Did you get a DUI last week? Do you have a speedy ticket? Did you get hit by a drunk driver? Guess what? Jimmy Rocco's bail bonds will get you out. Things like that. We need like a Chico's bail bonds. Why don't you have a why don't you have a Fiverr voiceover account? Like dude, I could do that. Could you imagine that? I should have that. We should I should totally I've got a cameo account. You want me to send somebody a cameo, tell them how much you love them? I can do that. Um, oh yeah, there we go. Let's get this. Let's get this company going. Yes, Nicole. What's your what's her what's her name? What's the name of that company again? Give it to me. I'll do a I'll do a spot I'm, right I'm, now. They'll. Oh, you're gonna do a spot read? I'll do a spot, spot read, read right now for you. Selena has some reservations about my daughter's cup. Which I also have a Dodgers hat on. I'm not really sure why you have reservations about that. I'm from Los Angeles. Okay. I got a Cubs hat um, on. I'm sorry no. that we're the, the we're the greatest baseball franchise of all time. There you go. Hit him up, Clark Copperhead Gaskets. Go for it. By, by the way, she's a Braves fan, which I I don't understand. Here you go. Yeah, hey! no perfect. Hey, if you need yourself a head gasket, you come on down to Clark's Copperhead Gaskets. We got plenty. When I say plenty, we got more than a thousand in stock. From every shape and size, it's copper is what you're gonna need. And if you want to feel fix whatever head gasket fix, guess what? We got it. That Clark 
copperhead gaskets. See, I could do these on the spot. Bam, pow, let's go. I'd be impressed Jason. if I put a bunch of gaskets down, if you could even figure out which one was the I, head gasket. I could figure out a gasket, but um, what's that, the, uh, what's the, yeah, that's the thing. Wait, that's the, the that's the uh, thing with the circle. Yes, that go on top. exactly. Ah, I've been to Nitro School before. That's the thing with the, with the circles. You put the, 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 the thing that goes up and down. What's that thing called? Piston. Am I right with that? Did so I get that right? I'm not doing this. I mean, I this don't shows, know. This show's already too long. We're not we're I know not what doing, a spark we're, plug is. We're not I doing nitros. It's only because one of them hit you in the head last year. <laughs> uh, I know what an oil pan is. I could, I could spot those out. By the way, that's going to be a game we've got coming up this next season, Jason Galvin, is name in the part. part. Name the part. So look okay, that's a, cool. A race coming I in like it. Guy. We we got. I wonder if I should. Man, I wonder if I could play one here. I'll have to ask. You know what I just thought about, dude? I just thought about this. You know, we're always thinking about stuff to give away. Yep, like for games and stuff. Why aren't we giving away Life's a Drag Stickers? Oh, we will. Now that we have them, we'll give them away. There you go. I thought we're gonna grow this. I bought fire Joe Costello fire stickers that we're gonna give away. I still think I have a bunch. I'll give those away too. You should. I have one on the back of my laptop. We have one on the back of my laptop. Uh, it's great. It's great. Yeah. But yeah, uh, we can't tell you everything, Nick, Nicole. That's not allowed. We can't just like, you know, patience. You have to get to Gainesville to see us. We have up our sleeve. Yeah, it's gonna listen. Just we're coming saying. in hot in Gainesville. We're coming in just hot. Saying. Just know that. There's a there's a there's a rumor that uh, Jordan Vandergriff's gonna be at the racetrack more this year in a um in a in a non driving role. And I'm I personally. I want to play like the dating game with him or something. You oh, know? like some sort oh, of. Oh, like, we'll an oil down. Like, let's just stick him on the return road. And I've already, know, pick, I've already picked five him. girls out of the stands. I've already spoken to him. And when that becomes official, he's coming on here. I told him, I go, we need you on here. And I go, we're going to talk about what you're do with what, what, what Jason Galvin's talking about for about five seconds. And the rest is going to be uh, Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. That's all I care about. That's all I care about. <laughs> Uh, so uh, Jordan, uh, who was the best kisser on Bachelors in Paris? Dude, they, they go at it right out the gate, man. Of course, they, do. they get paid to. Yeah, man. I know, but I they literally I, have a production meeting, and they're like, "Listen, okay, like, do you remember when you were thirteen and you turned on Skinamax, and you know they were like doing it, but they weren't really doing it, whatever." So we're gonna right. need that today. Okay, yeah, but and then some, of the, some of those people are doing it. They're actually doing it in the honeymoon or the Duh. secret suite. I love it. That's why um, everybody watches. But the uh, would you ever do something like that? I don't think I could ever. I mean, I'm that, happily married though. Yeah, but if we weren't married, if we weren't married, oh, and we were know. twenty, and we were with Jordan Vandergriff, would you? Maybe if I look like Jordan Vandergriff, that's a good point. Who wants to watch me? That's a good point. If I look like him, maybe I would just feel so self. I would be so weird about it because I'm not into PDA at all, man. PDA is I don't like it, but uh, yeah, you know. Get a couple beers and maybe we'll talk differently. You know what I'm saying? But um, the I, uh, like, I got I have pictures that say the otherwise. But. That's why I kind of threw that out there first. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, uh, anyways, there we go. What's Jim Park saying? What? 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 I try to support uh, so many parts of Dragon. Come on, Jim. You could watch that. You would love it, man. 
Love it. So I'm telling you, yeah, the uh, new uh, Dynasty thing on Apple TV, very good, very well produced about the mm. Patriots. Okay. I'm uh, I'm in the Masters of the Air on Apple TV right now. You know what? I like Phenomenal. I watched the first three episodes, and my grandfather was a tail gunner in the back of one of those things. And I get it, man, but uh, I just uh, I can't get past that dude. He's Elvis. He's Elvis now. Uh, yeah. See, I never saw Elvis, so I'm good with that. Oh, okay. Then you're you're in the clear. But I, watching him because he became Elvis for like a year and a half after the after the movie. Selena's right. Selena's right. Parks does lie. Okay, I've been there. I've been there when DJ's gotten out of the funny car. Did anybody check tire pressure, Jim? Yeah, I swear I did. And they took tire pressure and it's off. I've been there. Just gonna throw it out there. I love it. I All love right, it. let's go. We uh, yeah, I got I got to go do manual labor on a Friday yeah. at my mom's house. Yes. Um, so again, again, for those of you who are going to watch this in the replay, fo- refollow us on the other on the other thing. I'll, I'll keep reposting on YouTube. Social I'll medias, keep reposting. Uh, Apple, because... Spotify, like, subscribe, auto download. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. Brother out. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk to each other next week. Uh, and uh, and we'll be going from there. But thank you guys very much. Ooh, let me play the let me play the theme music, Jason, because that's that would be what a real podcast would do. So, guys, thank you very much. Have a great weekend. We don't see you next week. You're, you're going to see us in Gainesville, but we're going to probably do another one of these next week because hopefully we'll get Jordan Vandergriff on here and get some information from him. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Jason Galvin, we'll see you later. Peace. Oops. I messed it up.